Welcome back to Rawesome Parenting, everybody. I am here with my lovely co-host, Kathy Ho. Hello. And we're so excited to be having our guest, first male guest speaker. Yes. Uh, I want to introduce all of our listeners to Corey Breland. Breland. How do I pronounce your last name, Corey? You got it. Yeah. Breland. Yep. Freeland, yes. Uh, so I just want to give a little intro for our, our guest here. So Corey is a performance coach and trainer. He's also a father, which is why we have him on this episode today, because we have a letter from a father. And I think that it's very important to have a male perspective. So thank you so much for joining us, Corey. No problem. Yeah. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. You have a company. Yeah, I do. I have a company. It's called Against All Odds Basketball uh, Performance Training. Like Lynn said, I am a basketball performance trainer. But uh, I do anybody, anyone that trains any type of sports. It's all kind of relative in the in sports training. But I mainly deal with uh, basketball players. Um, I work a lot in the indigenous communities and kids and youth dealing with uh, at-home trauma basically so I myself came from a house of trauma and long story short I, I, I broke the cycle I didn't follow in my parents suit and um, now I try to help youth that are going through it as well to break their own cycle and give them hope that there is there is a way out and so basketball is a lot of their outlets and so we do a lot of basketball training and then once I get in with them through basketball they get a little bit more comfortable with me, and then we, we hopefully uh, dial into bigger, bigger problems that are occurring at home. And I try to give them, and inspire them, and motivate them to live a healthy lifestyle. And yeah, so that's that's basically what it what it what I do. And against all odds is because there's a lot there's a lot of odds stacked against us that we we try to break and a lot of us you know we can't we can't break those odds or we can't beat them so i try to very you know inspire them and motivate them to beat them so that's why i called it against all odds what a great name it does say it all doesn't it against yeah, it all odds i do know a little bit about you Corey, because we're friends right <clears throat> and that's why i've invited you on to our podcast because you have such a broad perspective on fatherhood how many how many children do you have right now I have three. I just had a baby actually a week ago. So I have three. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Doing it again. <laughs> Doing it again. <laughs> Doing it again. Yeah. That's right. How old were you when you had your first child? I, I was about 25. I was 25, 26 years old. Yeah. He's 12. He's turning 13 in a month. So. Oh, my goodness. I know. Time flies. Teens. I know. I know. Teens. It's, Teens. That's right. So would you say that, so you, so, okay, so you have a 12-year-old, and how old yeah. is your second? Three. Big gap. Three, and now yeah. you have a, and a now big have gap, a week. and now you have yeah. a newborn. Yes. Okay. Would you say that fatherhood has provided you with a new perspective or new perspectives around family? Because you said that you, you've titled your business Against All Odds due to your background with your history with trauma. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um it's it kept me grounded for sure um i mean there's a long story about my first one but uh building that family and 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 coming from a family of you know addiction of parents and stuff like that that it it kept me 
like I said, it kept me grounded. It kept me focused. It kept me continuing to break my own cycle and not giving them the life that I had. And it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication. Um, you, you, you can't be selfish. And I was, to be honest, I was a very, at 25, I was a very selfish person. I wasn't ready to give up my life to be a father, but I had, you know, you got to make a choice. So it, uh, it family, um, is, is number one to me. I, I mean, family comes first before anything in it. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's that. Yeah, I love it. Maybe you can use some of that experience that you have just to, you know, share with, with our next writer ways that they can overcome what they're experiencing. So, so Kathy, do you want to read that letter? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go for it. Hello, Rossum ladies. I have a two and a half month old son and no one prepared me for the feelings of resentment I might have with his arrival. I love my son and would do anything for him. Still, I'm finding myself feeling conflicted because it seems like I've lost my wife. Both our lives have been turned upside down and there's no us time anymore. Whenever I have something I want to share with her, she claims she's too tired to listen. She falls asleep the moment we put on a movie after the baby is asleep. If I try to initiate intimacy, she shuts me down immediately. I watch her become a warrior of the of a woman whenever our son needs something, so I know she is capable. It seems she's not interested in putting the effort into our relationship the same way. Most of the time, I feel like the third wheel. If I bring up any of this to my wife, she gets upset with me. It's frustrating to not be considered a priority in the family. Am I the only man feeling this way? (laughs) I imagine there's going to be a whole bunch of controversial uh thoughts on this yeah. right i can hear the women's voices and the men <laughs> who are just kind of like hmm but let let's let's address this because i think it's very difficult for anybody to step forward and say this that i feel resentful since the arrival of my child that's a, that's a lot to say so i want to commend this writer for even offloading that Corey, what part of the writer's struggle can you relate to um so th- that's tough cuz at first, I I wasn't, you know, to my first child, I wasn't in a relationship. It was, it was separation, and you know, we were single parents at that time. But now that I've had um, my second and third child, it, it's it's different, it, and it's tough to say because after my first one, um, it 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 allowed me to become a stronger person just because I was a single dad. But when I got had one with my wife and who I you know in love with I wasn't in love with the first mother it just happened so now that I'm in love and we've had Noah and now that was the real experience on how he's feeling the resentment because you you've 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 lost sleep you've lost you know your time you're you're moody you're you know and stuff like that so I can relate to how he pushes for that intimacy and whatnot. But that being said, you, I, I had to come to an understanding on, like he mentioned of the warrior that she is. And you, you got to live by that. Like she gave her body to, to birth this child. And, and at the first year, it's all mom. There's rarely anything the dad 
can do and to be, to think of intimacy, let alone pushing a child through through your body. Um, they're not thinking about that. They got to heal. They got to recover. That takes at least six months and to just give up their their hormones and their and their you know all that stuff to feed the baby if they're breastfeeding it it takes a lot out of them and they lose the sleep now i don't know their situation on how they compromise because with me and my wife the compromise is right now that there's nothing i can do so there's no point of me and her both being moody and having lack of sleep where now I go sleep downstairs. She knows that she has to wake up every two, three hours and whatnot. So um, when I wake up in the morning, I do everything I can to assist her, to help her mood come back into, you know, to surface. So I can relate. I can relate to it. Um, but there, I think with that being said, there's, I guess there's a communication barrier where, it, to be honest, that the wife, my wife is not not even close to being wanting to be intimate and i can fully understand that and at this point there i'm not even thinking about intimacy i just want to make sure the baby's healthy for the first you know six months to a year she's healthy and then when she's coming and you know she's ready okay then let's uh let's throw the intimate part i just read off her I just follow her signals, but... Uh, Man, Corey, where the heck were you when I was going through my postpartum? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it took, Shit. It, it took a lot. It took a lot to Everything get, you to just get said was like butter coming into your mouth. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. Other <laughs> men should hear this. It took a lot. And it, actually, I want to address the question at the, at the end of the letter. Am I the only man feeling this way? Corey? No, you are... Sorry, not Corey, but the writer. No, you are not the only one feeling this way. No. I have heard of this being an issue. And I yeah. want to go back to what Corey was saying. He said a couple of things. And I want to I want to repeat them because they're so important. When you say that your only job right now is to make sure that your wife is okay. Because she is a warrior of women. And she has put, she has basically put her body through everything right? And your job is to be there for her. I love that a lot. And I don't want to discount what this writer is feeling because he is feeling a bit resentful. And he doesn't say that he resents his child, but he does say that he feels resentment since the arrival of his child. And then you brought up the word communication, which you know, Kathy, this is my favorite, favorite thing to, to talk about. When you don't communicate with your spouse about what's going on and really communicate it can really create some of these discrepancies in the relationship. And a divide too, right? Because then the mother is already dealing with her own shit, <laughs> okay? You guys heard in my last episode all the things that, you know, I had to deal with. And um, there was times where I did feel that my husband was feeling certain way, but then I didn't have the time to get back to it, right? That's because then right. it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm breastfeeding. I breastfed for 22 months. Yeah, so I think it's great to have your perspective, Corey, because yeah. when you say that having that communication and re and recognizing that there isn't anything that you can do, she has to go through what she has to go through. And there is a timeline for and this is actually a, a real timeline, right? Based on research, a woman's body takes at least the first six months is all about healing. And and so she doesn't have the mental capacity and the emotional capacity to think outside of that. So her job is to keep the baby safe and nurtured and happy. And then, and alive. you know, 
Yes, and your job yeah. as the spouse is to be there for her. And we all know this, right? It's not, it doesn't have, you don't have to be a parent to know this. But if you're going through something that's really shitty and you don't feel good on the inside about who you are and the people around you are constantly asking for something of you, you are less inclined because you're just like, oh gosh, I don't have the capacity. And if I feel like I'm letting you down, I probably just want to avoid you altogether. But if you're there and you're doing everything that you can to let me know, that you've got me, I am going to be so much more inclined to want to get to where you want me to be. Right. 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 So I, I think that's wonderful perspective to offer, Corey. Right. Right. The, uh, see, he mentioned, I believe, in the letter that his, it's two, she's, is it a girl or a boy? Boy? That two and a half I have months? A two and a half month old son, yeah. Yeah, son. That's that's early for me, from my perspective. That's I, I it doesn't even come to my mind that she would even be close to thinking about intimacy, especially two and a half months in. Um I, I mean this would be, you know, after a year if we weren't kinda, you know, having intimate, then I think there would be a lot more underlying issues between me and her, between me and my wife. Um but Again, when I mentioned the communication part, it took it took a lot. It took a lot of trial and error. What didn't work? What worked? How can I be? You know, so the the basic the basic thing I can say for me and my wife is like I asked her everything she's feeling. I communicated with her. I I attended to her needs and her wants because when I when I said as a father and you know someone that's not giving birth and you watch your 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 spouse give the birth you're just like as a man you feel that you know you protect your family and I couldn't protect her at that time so all the pain she was going through it it really got me emotional so when you say I'm forever indebted to you which I said to her is like I will do anything to make you happy because you you blessed me with a child and all you know I had nothing to do with that except have that intimate part um I'm going to I'm going to wait for you until you're ready. I'm going to communicate with you and I'm here feeling because I don't do I don't do much. You don't need me right now for the first year. All I can do is be a support. Right. All I can do is support you. And all I can do is, you know, follow your suit. What do you need? What can I get for you? You rest. You rest. Let me get it. Let me do this. So, so really coming from a place of service is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, especially like I said for the first six months or so. Yeah, yeah, service part, and I get the resentment part. I get, I get, I get that. I under, I understand that. Um, but um, to to avoid that, to have that kind of feeling, I think there needs to be a lot of communication, especially on on his part and with his wife and understanding what she's going through right now um, with her body and with her, you know, all the, all the levels, everything's thrown off. That's why we're talking about this postpartum because all your levels of uh, in your body are all out of whack. And so she doesn't even know how to feel. She doesn't know how to think. She doesn't know, you know, all these things. And we have to understand that. That's right. That's right. And when we talk about communication, there's a part at the end where the writer says that when he brings this issue up about intimacy with his spouse, she doesn't seem interested and she also gets upset. So I want to clarify this. When we talk about communication, one of the biggest misconceptions that people have is that they think that if they're complaining or if they're just offloading on somebody, that that's communication, right? Like I've told you how I feel and, and you know, nothing's getting better. Um, that's not communication, people, right? So, and again, I don't want this writer to think, I don't know if you're just 
complaining. And I, I, so that's not the assumption, but I want to clarify in case other people are listening and they think that that's what communication is. So here's the thing. When Corey says that your wife and your spouse and the mother of your child has gone through the ringer and all that you can do is come from a place of service and communicate, it means to really get curious and ask, what is it? that's working for you what is it that's working for us and what can we change what do you think that we need to change how can we get onto a page where you can take care of uh, our baby and I can take care of you so that ultimately our family is taken care of Mm -hmm. right Right? how do we how do we do that so let's talk about that let's talk about the options let's let's negotiate our needs right because it's not to say that a father can't have his needs I don't want to dismiss that I think it's so important for a father to also feel important in the grand scheme of things you know um because it's very easy to dismiss it's very easy to say okay well you didn't do anything so you don't get to feel a certain way but of course if it's there it's there and it's going to ultimately affect everything so you need to have a conversation around that here's what i'm feeling here's what i'd like and i know that i can't have exactly what i'm asking for but what do you think we can do as a couple and maybe it means that you know for 30 minutes a week you and I can just have an us time where we don't talk about baby, where we don't talk about anything else. Maybe, you know, um, when baby is asleep for just 30 minutes a week, we can commit to sitting down and talking about us. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, I think also I can I can give uh, two cents here on what he could perhaps do. Maybe read up on postpartum. Right. Education. Um, for himself to see maybe if his wife are, is going through any of these things. So then he can maybe come from a place of compassion and empathy versus just me, 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 me. But I can also understand where he's coming from because in our relationship, I'm a server. So I was serving him all the time. And then it got to a point where when we, when I became a mom, I was just only serving my baby. So of course my husband was lacking and missing that intimacy. It didn't have to be sexual all the time, but just that closeness of, you know, um, a hug or, you know, just leaning on him. I was just tired all the time. You know, I had a, a baby tugging on my body for 22 months. Do you think I want to have a grown man close to me? It was difficult for me. So I just want to offer this writer a, a woman's perspective. It's not because... I was uh, trying to neglect my husband. I just didn't feel it in the moment because I had all these other things that I was dealing with. And then looking back, I was going through a bit of postpartum anxiety and a bit of depression there. So my goal was to just try to get me healthy and also to keep the baby alive. For sure. And actually 94% of um, couples report that their sex lives kind of changed a lot after the baby and it and it has nothing yeah and it does and it lasts and it lasts for that time period of at least six months right but then if you can stick it out and if you can do the things that Corey and and Kathy have been saying which is really doing some more research getting to know what the struggle is for your your wife uh, being of service and really having open communication um, that includes a lot of curiosity a lot of negotiating a lot of just really like heart to heart connection versus leading from a place of fear you it can you can overcome it right you can definitely overcome it i mean when you had your second child he's 3 years old now right Corey? when did you when would you say that your sex life kind of like resumed back to like a place where you know it felt like you were a a couple like in in an intimate relationship uh to be honest with you it was probably uh, he was at least a year 
year and a half. Okay. Um, so when yeah. we felt like we got everything, because again, when you're doing, even when there, he was a year, we were still getting him to, you know, sleep training and, 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 you know, you're, here's the biggest part I got to say, your anxiety goes through the roof. Like oh my you're wait, when you're waiting for the baby to start, okay, she's, <laughs> he's down, he's, he's quiet. You walk away for one minute and all of a sudden they start screaming. Like my anxiety alone as from a male perspective doesn't allow me to be, wasn't allowing me to be intimate or even think about it because you're too con- focused on on what's going to happen in five minutes is the baby going to start crying is something going to go wrong and so our intimate relationship um didn't happen until the baby was like sleep trained and actually slept through the night and then we can have time for ourselves and we understood that though we understood that the the our relationship and our you know our intimacy was through raising a child and that was okay with us that that was more powerful that love was more powerful than than uh, actually doing doing you know that that intimate stuff that we do in the bedroom, right? It was way more powerful. And to me, like like I I I I, I don't know um, his story on what um, how he how he's communicating with the with the wife. I know he's brought it up, right? But um, two and a half months in, and 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 thinking about that like i feel like like he's a warrior because that's i i don't even it doesn't even come to my mind <laughs> to to yeah. even yeah, yeah i don't even think yeah. about it but yeah <laughs> see this is what i love about talking about issues like this with three different people because it's three different powerful perspectives and it could be happening for this guy so yeah. that's so funny that's you so are a warrior funny. for being ready after two and a half months yeah and, like, wow good for you oh man thank you so much Corey, for yeah. being on this podcast this episode redefining what intimacy looks like right i love that that's a perspective i would have never (laughs) looked at just to say maybe being intimate is creating new bonds and connections as a family our relationship will just get better i love that so much thank you so much for sharing for coming on and i mean so much no problem i've I've learned a lot actually having the male perspective and I, i enjoyed that very much kathy any last notes um, well, maybe perhaps uh, this could be your side gig, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Educating tuned, a bunch of everyone. fathers out there. No kidding. Right? Yeah. yeah. For yeah, sure. No, if I anybody has that. any questions, please feel free to email us and we'll, we'll forward it to Corey. Also, he's on social media. What is your Instagram handle? It's just my name, Corey Breland, C-O-R-Y, Breland, B-R-E-L-A-N-D. You can follow me on every, all my platforms. And I post a lot of motivational, inspiring talks, even about my life and how I, uh, I came came out of it. So there's a lot of lot of motivational stuff on there. This was a good topic. I've ne- I, you know I never would think of talking about post- postpartum for men, but it, it it it's very true. It affects ten percent. It, it affects yeah, yeah. And um, it my advice would be, it, you. As a, as a as someone who has a, a partner myself, like our communication is key, and without that communication and talking about each other's needs, mainly, and I'm sorry to say this, mainly the the wife's needs, the mother's needs, because of what she put her body through. Um, when you when you come to understanding that, um, for me, it worked. It it helped our relationship, and it 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 actually makes us smile rather than being very moody, which. You know, it, it, it comes unless you 
really communicate. And I know it sounds like a broken record. Oh, communicate, communicate. But it actually, coming from my point of view, it really works. It helps. And and understand what she's going through first. You matter too. The, we matter as well. But uh, you got to... Just, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later. Yeah. 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 And that's true. You've just been laid off. You've just you laid been off. laid off. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You've been temporary. Temporary for a bit. Yeah. 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 Temporary. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, and thank you to our listeners. If anybody ever wants to write in and get a father's perspective, please don't hesitate because I feel like this was one of our most insightful episodes so far. That's right. So, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us, Corey. Thank you for having me. And everyone join us next time because parenting is raw. It's awesome. It's raw. Take care.